Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. All right. Man. Oh, man. Oh, man. We're out without AM right now. Producer, we're, we're, we're struggling out here. We gotta we gotta keep this podcast running with all the behind the scenes work while we're going. If we get any facts wrong, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's aggressive. I like it. Opening up with an aggressive take. I want to open up with this though. So earlier I texted the sliced apples group message about the bachelor's party because the bachelor party, because I didn't I've never been to one. I've never organized one. I've never been to Vegas. I know that's been the talk, and I've said this on the podcast before. But I'm just curious. A couple months, because we had this conversation a couple months ago. Now that we're further down the line and we're aiming for October, like what is what is your ideal? Like what what are we doing? What is what is the goal? I'm curious. The goal is to have fun with the boys in Vegas, obviously. But like you know. Are we doing you want you said you want to do a magic show or something like that? We're not doing the magic show on a bachelor's party, are we? Or are we doing the magic show on a bachelor's party? Am I throwing you under the bus right now? I'm throwing you under the bus, aren't I? I don't I don't (laughs) I don't I mean, I don't know. That's why I just I'm letting letting Alejandro plan that shit. Is it something that you have nothing to do with? Does he plan it all and you don't know? Uh that's the route I've been taking. Oh shit. Um, that's just, I, I mean, I, I, I guess if I find something that like, Ooh, that'd be cool to do. Maybe I'll let them know, like, Hey, if it's possible, it'd be cool to do this. But as far as I've been hands off, essentially, it's just kind of like me communicating date. And yeah. Whereas, you know, Mia has been a little bit, obviously a little hands on bachelorette and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, me, I'm just like, yeah. What, what are what? they doing? Since it sounds like you're more in tune with what they're doing than what we're doing. I just I just know they're going to Nashville. That's all I know. Something about some pink nice. Airbnb or something. They, a I pink mean, but, Airbnb? I don't know, but they talked about that a little while ago. I don't know if the plan is still the same, so that's why it's... I don't know. Pink Airbnb. Hey, apparently it's... uh. It's a spot. I said, watch for the hidden cameras. That's what y'all need to watch out for. What a dark take. Pink hair. No, you haven't seen. You haven't seen on Twitter, like different random videos of like people exposing certain Airbnbs because, you know, they have hidden cameras. People are putting hidden cameras like in the uh, smoke detector or night, the nightstand clock, you know, shit like that. Nightstand clock. Yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta, that's why Twitter is very informative. You gotta be aware, bro. I feel like I mean, if I owned an Airbnb, though, I would have cameras, not hidden, not like that, but I would have cameras like around the property, you know, because like oh, you gotta have yeah. those for somebody does something. Security, yeah, but I mean, literally hidden in the bedroom, then. Oh, that's weird, bro. Yeah. I don't know about that. Shit. Yeah, that's, that's creepo level. I mean, that's where Twitter, Twitter makes you aware. You know, that's where the good awareness comes from. Uh, also, being aware that apparently uh, Taylor, how many private jet uh, 
trips to yeah, trips Taylor Swift yeah. Taylor Swift takes. That's literally the two thing two things my TL has been bunch of memes like just of Taylor Swift and her private jet and also I know you've seen this shit. That and somebody tweeted they need to have an NFL season with 82 games. <laughs> yeah, bro, that that is funny. Whoever that, tweeted that's crazy. That has been great. So those two those two memes have kept me alive the past few days of just like laughing my ass off. And people are pretty creative on Twitter. I'm not going to lie. So the pink house in Nashville, because I want to stick with this. The uh, So my, my like movie picture of how bachelor and bachelorette parties go, and I haven't seen a ton of rom-coms, but I know enough, is that like you know, the bachelor party isn't necessarily playing like you're going about the right way where it's not really hands on like the guy kind of just shows up and it's like a party for him in a way. And then the girl, you know, I'm not gonna really speak on that, but it sounds like Mia's kind of doing what they do. Is this something that y'all are gonna like share your experiences? Because I feel like the stigma is that you, you know, it stays at the bachelor party, the bachelor trip stays at the bachelor trip. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I'm pretty sure Mia is being Alejandro in some sorts planning the bachelor trip. I have not heard anything, and I would tell you honestly, which is why I texted today because I know we were targeting October. I was like, "Hey guys, this is a couple months away. Like, we need to, you know, figure out what we're doing." Yeah, dude, time's freaking flying. It's August already. I swear it was just May. Are you ready, bro? Are you ready to move? Well, just for everything, because once y'all, once we go to the bachelor party, when's the wedding? Is what next year? Early next year? No, in November, fool. Oh, November. Okay, you still got time then. We're going early for the bachelor party. Jeez. October? Oh, oh, same year. I'm thinking, yeah, okay. So we're doing the turnaround pretty quick there. Are you ready, bro? Christmas I mean, in the new house it, as the husband? Don't they? I wonder if traditionally, because like the hangover, you know, the, the whole thing with the hangover, they were running, they had, they had the bachelor party, but they had so fucked up, they were running late yeah. to the wedding. So I wonder if traditionally is the, bachelor bachelorette party is supposed to happen like right before the wedding like how did how you're did asking even... the wrong guy i wonder yeah, if I they have like planners for this like if you can hire somebody to plan bachelor and bachelorette parties like what if i went into business to plan bachelor travel bachelor ag- parties? i mean travel agent i, mean, I don't think just... it, i think it's like it's probably a, like a subset of like a travel agent man i remember like i think it was earlier this year i sent the win in Las Vegas had a bachelor party package. It was pretty wow. legit. It was pretty legit, but it was like for I think five or six, <laughs> at Take least five here. five grand, <laughs> at least five grand. <laughs> they don't have it anymore. I tried looking it up, but I remember sending it. Actually, I could probably find it, and I sent it to Caesar and Alex chat, and <laughs> there were. <laughs> They were like, uh, do we look like we <laughs> price tag? Do we look like we're made out of money, bro? <laughs> but it came with like, cause it was pretty exquisite. Came with like golf, golfing at the wind. Golf is exquisite. <laughs> yeah. And then like you get your own uh chef class or whatever, whatever the fuck they do. And then uh, I don't know. They've got pretty- bachelor packages like for 
Vegas, it looks like. Of course, there's a website for it, bachelorvegas.com. <laughs> and none of them have prices. It's just, you know, request a quote. Like, come on. Like, you're going to hustle me for, for more money. You might as well throw it out there. The price of this all. But there's some crazy ones in here. Lim- limo pickup from hotel to Paris Hotel and Casino. Jeez, helicopter flights. Be balling. I'm excited, though. I haven't heard anything from C- uh, Caesar, from Alejandro. So I'm extremely curious me, to see me what we're getting into i'm extremely curious if anything's actually happening or not but you know i have faith i have faith you know i mean this is a, a conversation for the the best man who isn't here the producer also on this show that isn't here we're talking about what what he's planning and how it's going and all that we have absolutely no idea so it should be should be interesting. I'm very excited to go to Vegas for the first time. I'm uh I'm afraid of the casinos and how much money we'll lose, but what's prime time is we're going during football season. So we will have to play some bets on football. Absolutely. Always. What, always gonna have to play some bets because I haven't placed any bets because I don't go through the little gambling portal or do the like, you know, apps that you do. I'm just gonna go up to the casino. And I'm just going to hand them some money and say, Detroit Lions win the Super Bowl 2025. <laughs> no. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> Jared Goff, MVP 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Plus 5 million odds. <laughs> Matt Rule, coach of the year this oh, coming year. <laughs> man. Yeah. How about, uh, I wonder what the over under for the suspension for Deshaun Watson was because, uh, pretty sure everybody took the over yeah it was and shit six games officially announced six games now i don't know how controversial of a take this is okay but i see people on twitter you know saying essentially that's a week as a suspension for what he did but I mean, no criminal charges were made. It was just lawsuits, civil lawsuits. I mean, it even leaked out. We talked about it with Timo. It even leaked out how one, how a son of one of the masseuses was saying that she was very compliment, complimentative of Deshaun Watson, but then turned around when the lawsuits started happening try to join in on that so Mm. my thing my thing kind of is it's like yes i understand the optics people saying like really you're only giving them six games for this but you don't know really the facts and the thing is i don't think people understand either there was an independent uh prosecutor former prosecutor that was investigating all of this it wasn't the nfl it wasn't Deshaun Watson's attorneys or whatever. It was like a former non-biased, just has no affiliation with anybody, former prosecutor that looked into the facts. And she determined the appropriate suspension was six games. And I kind of like the way they did it because in the past, like you said, this is a new way to go about it. It's kind of been in old goodies hands. And I'm not sure if I'm a big fan of that. You know, just that level of autonomy over somebody's career over anything uh, this huge 
is very questionable, very, very dangerous. But I think at the end of the six games, I mean, what would have been something where we're sitting here saying, yeah, that was appropriate. Like, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Like, I, I think like everybody, games, I think everybody expected a year. I think that's I, I would thing. think a year is appropriate, too. I think with how much this dragged on and the damage that it caused to not only Deshaun Watson, but the NFL, because the NFL is getting exposed right now with how much <laughs> with uh, with just the disparity in all the different uh, suspensions. You know, Calvin Ridley bets on one game that isn't even his own game gets suspended a year. You know, yeah. we have the Ray Rice situation. If, I mean, don't even start with Josh Gordon. I mean, there's just all kinds. And you never, and this was my conversation, my my point throughout a lot of this was, we just don't know because there's no rules on this because Roger Goodell just makes the rules up. So six games is, I feel like a little light. I mean, what do you, what do you think? I mean, if an independent prosecutor says six games is appropriate, and it's not like it's a man either. It's a woman. So there's no like mansplaining or any of that <laughs> BS. Like this is coming from a woman, former prosecutor. I, I feel like if she felt six games was appropriate, then, then so be it. You know what I mean? Uh, there must be a lot of holes in, the, in, this event, in this investigation. There must be a lot of you know, just, just some, yeah, some of, fishy, yeah. some fishy yeah. going on. Um, not to say Deshaun Watson is completely innocent, because if that were the case, then she would have probably just said, I don't think he should be suspended. But maybe to it wasn't his actions weren't to the full extent that it seems to be in the public. And that. You know, maybe. I don't know. My my main thing is if she said six games, then. I believe it. You know, well, it's, let's take a look at this. The other ones that are six games, because I think the only way we can go about this is comparing them to the other suspensions that are similar, because there is no legitimate way to determine this. But but uh, is there any suspension similar to this? Is there no, any no, I'm situations game wise game wise? There's there's six games suspensions. Now, he was last year, like obviously didn't play or was held out or had this like the whole issue. See, and, that, and that's where the dictatorship of Goodell is flawed because it's his discretion. Like his Calvin Ridley betting probably just gets to him. Like that might just be, yeah, fuck it, a whole year suspension. And that's why I think to note that this was this investigation was done independently is a big factor and that that's why I don't think it should be compared to other suspensions because other suspensions were Roger Goodell, him and himself deciding, hmm, yeah, I don't I don't I don't really like that. Deflating yeah. footballs. Yeah, Tom Brady doesn't look so good. Four games or whatever it was. But this was, like I said, independent. And so since there was an independent investigator, there's actually a, um, I guess, uh, 
losing third a lot party. of words right now. She is a third party, yes, but uh, there was actually negotiations between mm. the NFLPA and the NFL for what the suspension's going to be. Yeah. Because, you know, usually it's just Goodell doing his thing, like, oh, six-game suspension. Bam. That's what you get. That's why I think is worthy of this. Josh Gordon, forever, until you get your shit together. Like, yeah. That's just, but, because I know, I think I read the NFL originally, once the investigator did her thing, the NFL wanted 12 games. She recommended six. NFL wanted 12. NFL PA was like, Nah, nah, we don't want that. Like, how are you going to say 12 when she recommends six, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that that this the thing is, this suspension was much different from all previous suspensions before. Like, I just feel like one with the situation, such a unique situation Two, the way the NFL actually handled the situation, which I believe. They should do this more often. They should get oh, yeah. an independent you know, prosecutor or whoever. Somebody within the law that knows the law has you know, been in court, et cetera, et cetera, that do these kind of investigations. I know like, you don't really need them for you know, certain things, like if somebody's doing drugs or failed a drug test or something, I guess you know, they'll... I guess that's all in your hands, but for criminal, even though it's not even a criminal case, but a case like this, I think they need to do this more often, this process more often. Definitely, because there's no, when this came out, we had no idea what even the range was. You know, I mean, people were talking about in the very beginning, him never playing football again. And it was, it was, and then we heard, we were just talking about how it had been a year. I think a year, you know, felt appropriate about a couple months ago. But then we started seeing the settlements come through. And of course, this has been so long and drawn out. And I think it's it's been on purpose because the longer you draw it out, especially in the public eye, we have such a short attention span that people just kind of forget little details that are actually massive details in this case. So there's a lot of parts to it that I don't really want to speak on because they could have happened a year and a half ago and I don't even remember it. So that's, that's the other caveat in this and why it's so important. I agree to have an independent investigator come in because you do have a second set of eyes. And I wonder, do you know if it's, if it's truly Goodell or do you think the owners have a, have a way in this? No, not none whatsoever. You think? I, I mean, ultimately it's Goodell's, Goodell's um, call. The owners, technically, Goodell does work for the owners, technically. Yeah. But I think from the whole um, labor agreement and whatnot, I think Goodell has that power. Um, Makes sense too, because I mean, if you're if you're the Cleveland Browns owner, which I'm blanking on his name. But if you're Cleveland Browns owner and you approach Goodell, and you're like, hey, you know, maybe like two games, maybe, maybe, maybe none. You know, he didn't do it. So it's a civil case. So it makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of what you hire him for is this this part of it. He doesn't have to do a lot except for eat shit and, you know, make decisions like this. Basically. <laughs> and he gets to ask for $100 million and a couple private jets to get around and gets booted every NFL draft. Gotta love it. Hey, the. 
the Browns, Cleveland Browns, they won. They won big. Yeah, they did. And yeah. I'm telling you, I felt like when they traded Baker, they knew it was going to go and head in this direction. Mm. I just, I felt like they knew they had some inside mm. sort because that's when the rumblings, the rumblings kind of started coming out about this might not be as long a suspension as everybody thinks. You know so, I mean? but in that, in that same thought, how, how many games until we sit there and look at it and go, well, you know, you probably shouldn't have traded Baker. You think it's a year? Like, or you think you just watched the year? I think it's, it's pretty hard with that roster. You've got studs everywhere. So just kind of scratching the year is really tough for them. But maybe if it was a year long suspension, you keep Baker. We'll never know. Okay. Uh, I'm reading it now. Jesus. I should, probably, I should really read stuff before I get on here hopping and on stuff. So okay. Robinson yeah. issued her ruling in a 15-page report. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. She wrote that the NFL rec- she wrote that the NFL recommended wait. Oh, the NFL recommended Watson be suspended. Okay, I read that wrong then. See, this is why you don't read and podcast at the same time, ladies and gentlemen. And I was about to say it says on here she recommended a whole season, but she wrote in there that the NFL recommended a full year hmm interesting well which just... that's what because that's what we we're hearing at first okay it's probably going to be a year suspension because what the nfl wanted yeah uh some other notable ones there are six games i know we said we weren't going to compare them but just so everybody's you know top of mind because a couple of these are uh very very recent so adrian peterson you remember he hit his kid I'd spend six games for that. That was in 2014. Uh, it was midway through the season. I'm sure most people remember that. Miles Garrett, everybody remembers this in 2019. He swung and hit Mason Rudolph with his helmet. That was six games. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which was actually, I believe, last year or the year before uh, with the PEDs. And then Zeke, if you if you remember this one, 2017, he had the domestic uh, violence allegations. So those, uh, and he was never criminally charged, I'd like to add to that. So those are the notable six game ones that you you heard about most likely. But it is it is kind of a new era. And I do like the way they're handling this. It's funny how they uh, managed to take this out of Goodell's hands, though. So he has uh, seemingly even less responsibility and less culpability. So from what it says, it says on precedent, um, the ruling relied on 32 previous suspensions under the league's personal conduct policy since 2015 mm. in 21 of those instances the league suspended the player for six games including the cases of D- darius juice and johnny manziel mm. greg hardy was suspended for four games wow so the longest he, suspension he beat the shit out of his wife didn't he or his girlfriend when that yeah. what it was Damn. greg hardy yeah it was domestic uh, and then the longest suspension 10 games jerron jones in 2021 involved a criminal plea and multiple incident incidents of domestic violence it's crazy um, the amount of domestic violence charges that are in the nfl and it's like i mean you know if you take a ten thousand foot view the punishment they get is truly a slap on the wrist for what they get caught the biggest one is the ray rice and that's because there was a video and the recording and all that which was horrific and i don't agree with any of domestic abuse or any domestic violence it is just wild to see how the NFL conducts itself because it's kind of almost like, well, this is run of the mill, you know, another domestic violence with a superstar. Well, let's figure out what we can do. Six games and then they move on. So 
you think that in a lot of instances that there would be even harsher charges. So, you know, yeah, I mean, getting a it, little Deshaun Watson at the at the spa, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, a little Deshaun Watson. Yeah, because the main thing she notes is that um, it's not violent. The, yeah. the the sexual assaults were not violent. Um, it doesn't fall into the category of violent conduct that requires the minimum six game suspension. So I guess to a certain extent, it does kind of, if she's going off of the precedent that the NFL set, then I guess six games is pretty, pretty accurate. I mean, if you gave somebody that uh, actually had a criminal plea in multiple incidents of domestic violence, uh, 10 games, whereas you got Deshaun Watson who did not get any criminal charges. I mean, yes, it, it wasn't a good look and it wasn't domestic violence either. So if you're going off of that, I mean, maybe it does six games is fair. So maybe, but it's the NFL's fault. If that, you know, isn't good enough because she's going off a of precedent. And I mean, she also said that, um, Watson is to limit his massage therapy to club directed sessions and club approved massage therapists for the duration good. of his career. Good. And so I imposed this mandate as a condition to his reinstatement. And he has, he is to have no adverse involvement with law enforcement and must not commit any additional violations of the policy. Or what, what happens if he goes out? Does it say if he goes out and gets a private massage, what happens? No. I'd be curious to hear that. And you're skimming through 15 pages of illegal paper. You know, oh, no, no, no. This is, e- this, oh. is e- this is ESPN, bro. I, I, ESPN, I, I, Spark I, Notes. I love that. Yeah, Spark Notes, bro. I mean, I mean, the one thing is, too, uh, there is a chance the NFL could appeal it. Um, obviously, yeah, the NFLPA is not appealing it. But they did say, because they, they announced the decision was coming Monday morning. So on Sunday... Sunday, they put out a statement that said, you know, whatever she says, like whatever she agrees to that she says should be the punishment, they are going to follow it no matter what. Like, mm. say if she did say he should be suspended, too, she would they would not appeal and they would go with what her fi- her decision is. And they asked the NFL to do the same. But the NFL, you know, you know, the NFL, they just. They don't like that. They'll they'll sit they don't there like and, taking orders from nobody. They're gonna sit there and uh you know maybe we'll appeal, maybe not. We'll see. I think it'd be crazy if they appealed and like pushed a higher suspension. You kinda be like, you know, why'd you hire all these people if you, you know, were not gonna take their advice essentially? It's kind of a slap in the face of, you know, the private investigators and the and the judge and everything. That's uh that would be wild, but I do expect them to stick with the six-game suspension. I think, you know, the Browns. Uh, I, I think you hit on it. The Browns landed flat on their feet, man. Both feet planted beautifully because you not only structured the contract so that your player is very happy with the fact that he is going to take the least amount of money lost this year through his suspension. But also, it's only six games, so you are competitive this coming. And no, no fine, no, no fine. fine. He just no doesn't fine. get he just doesn't get paid for his six games. 
So you're you're landing, you know, flat on your feet perfectly. And, you know, like I was saying, they're competitive. You know, this is this is a team that we can really look at, assuming that he is somewhat of the same. And I haven't heard anything negative coming out of the Browns camp about, you know, showing up overweight or anything like or heard anything in general about him being out of shape or not looking good. But I haven't heard anything also positively. I think there's not a lot of positive news around Deshaun Watson. So that'll be something we're going to be watching around week six or seven when he makes his start and see where the Browns go from there. Cause man, I mean, with the roster they've constructed and now they've got, I don't want to say a competent core quarterback, but a quarterback that can take him to the next level. Certainly uh, it's, it's going to be a fun team to watch. I just, I just hope they don't underperform like the Browns do. That's, that's all I can hope for. I think the issue with this case too, is that the NFL is trying to, I think, turn a leaf over um they're trying to make a precedent out of an example out of deshaun watson in this case but it's hard to do that when deshaun watson's side can argue about like we said those previous this those other suspensions we talked about people have done much worse well i mean how i mean we we don't know Allegedly, yeah, allegedly, have done much more violent actions and still didn't get suspended. And I think that's one thing that might have to be worked out whenever they come back to the table for the late agreement and whatnot. Because I feel like the only way the NFL is actually, if they want to lay the hammer down, is to have that happen. And in their contract, they have specific like policies and conducts and this and this and that where it's just like you know if you do this it's a year automatically just like they have now but just longer because jesus um it is crazy how long this dragged on for like this has been over a year it feels like this has been going on i mean i feel like from what the nfl has done before six games but also i feel like they're trying to I compare it a lot to the Houston Astros and their sign stealing. They were made an example of. They were the, yeah. the scapegoat. And I feel like they're trying to kind of do that to Deshaun Watson just because this dragged on for so long and it was a big ordeal. So does this uh does this completely 100% tarnish his career like when he retires and you know let's say hopefully 10 years or so you know he has a long career you think we're still going to be looking back on this and you know Deshaun was a great quarterback but yeah he did just because it it took it took so many years off of his career yeah because he sat out with the Texans and then went through I mean it's been two years I think because he didn't play last year and then he he didn't play last year because nope, of this the year before that and he didn't play the year before that because he was sitting out so it's been two years mm-hmm. um it's funny because you think about that the last he played when jj watt was telling him man we wasted one of your prime years <laughs> little did jj know deshaun watson was cooking up some shit to mess wasting up his own prime year yeah. uh, wasting his own prime year shit up 
I'm glad we can close the book, especially before the NFL season starts. You know, we're getting we're getting geared up here, and I'm ready for it to start. Well, so we have still got to get the NFL to suspension. So yeah, well, be... you know, they got I think it's three days. So I mean, we'll we'll have it by the end of the week. You know, it'll finally the book will be closed, and we can move forward and talk about real football. And because it gets tough, like you know, being in a position we're in talking about it, it's there's a lot of developing things behind the scenes that either we don't just know about we're ignorant to or just you know i I think ignorant is a great word like we just don't know a lot of these legal aspects so it's really difficult but football and we can go back and forth about football it's much easier you know how he's going to play in the season and how the browns are going to perform you know their strength to schedule things like that so i'm excited man i'm excited for football season to finally fucking start dude i mean geez louise is this season or does this off season feel like it's been longer than the other ones you think COVID has something to do with that? Like, I just feel like this off season has been so long. I don't know. I don't know. I it's still a feeling. It's a feeling. It, it's weird because usually I hear it's August first. I haven't heard much about. It. I heard a little bit, but usually by mid July, everybody just going bonkers for training camp. Training camp starts. Like, who? Who's the hard knocks? Who's the next hard knocks? When is it coming out? Like, I haven't heard that shit, bro. They ruined hard knocks, dude. That's a that's a fall from grace right there, man. Like that was appointment TV about four or five years ago, and then they just fell off a cliff. The John Gruden one was the last one I really watched. The Oakland Raiders one mm-hmm. when AB was there, that yeah. was the last one I watched. And then they did the LA one, and I think they did another one. And they had the midseason one that I didn't watch. I mean, just fell off a cliff. Do you think maybe it's just because it's the same thing every year? So it's kind of like at first it was cool for. a but now it's just, yeah. Uh, I think I they they turned it more into like a reality show, and that's what kind of ruined it for me. Is I wanted it to be about like the opportunity for the fan to see inside the building, you know, like witness some of the meetings, some of the conversations that you have, and not like anything confidential, but some of the conversations that the coaches have or the GM has about trading and things like that. Like getting a taste of what that sounds like was what I enjoyed about it. Not, you know, Sean McVay, you know, at his house with his wife talking about, you know, the legacy and what he's done. And I don't care about that. It's like more reality show feel. And it is like technically genre wise, I think a reality show, but I do like the inside loop on the football team. That's, that's my favorite part. Or maybe it's just the teams they've picked. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I like the Oakland one and I don't, care you know at all about yeah, Oakland. Was, okay come on john gruden you had a b at the time and okay but you know we had the la one and the la was new sofi and they had two teams. but that was the co- that was the covid one though and that that shit was just 90 percent covid 10 percent hard knocks that's all i remember of it just being like oh because this is a special circumstance stopped uh there's these special. Oh, it's Detroit like, this year. This year? It's Detroit. I love Detroit. Dan Campbell, bro. Come on. You got to love Told Dan you. Campbell. Michigan guy. Big 10 guy. Bro. How can you not <laughs> love that Aggie, bro? You love that Aggie. <laughs> Cowboys. Cowboys was last year. I and think. Then, yeah. And the Cowboys one was kind of whack because it's the Cowboys. They whack. Um, it just feels like they never picked a team that's like, this is so obvious. Like, pick this team. You know, well, I feel like there's it's, always it's, one that's they just miss on. It's it's a two way thing though. Sure, 
you know, when they did both LAs or Dallas, it wasn't their first choice. I mean, I'm pretty sure Dallas people like the Cowgirls for some reason, but it's not always their first choice because the other team, the team has to agree to do it, and not every team wants to do it. Yeah. Like, just imagine if they had a college football similar one, Hard Knocks, and they were trying to do, they wanted to do Alabama. Nick Saban would know in a heartbeat. Jimbo, Jimbo, no in a heartbeat. Some of these people are like that. So I'm pretty sure Hard Knocks has to incentive. We have Arizona Cardinals coming up also. The Arizona Cardinals were announced. Uh, preparing sometime in November during the second half of the season. See, that's one they should have done in the right now because then with the whole Kyler Murray contract right now, that would have been that would have been sick to see. Yeah, we got Detroit Lions is starting next Tuesday, August 9th. There you go. So that one, no, I feel like you know, think about this like, okay, Tampa Bay, like. How obvious is that one? I mean, most people that Bill Belichick would never allow hard knocks in the building, but we all want to see Tom Brady. I feel like at least I shouldn't say all, but most of us would probably want to see Tom Brady like in a hard knocks in Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris. I mean, they've got all these characters, all the people that play on the line. They're all they're all characters and I love them. So I would like that one. But that if you really watch hard knocks, those aren't the guys that make hard knocks. It's the, it's the, like yeah. the o- Oakland, like that. I think it was either Oakland or Cleveland, like that tight end. That's like yeah. trying to make that final spot onto there. Or those are the kind of guys that make it. And also the coaches, I feel like too. Cause I remember the Cle- I like the Cleveland one. Cause that was the one where he, that old, that old line coach that like, he was like, and then like his stomach yeah, his would move stomach. it. Yeah. Dude, that guy was great. Yeah. You know, John Gruden, those, those are the guys that make hard knocks. It's not really like Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott. Cause but that, they, I, they don't, they don't really pop up like that. They really don't. But that's kind of the thing. So like when they did the Houston Texans one in 2015, JJ Watt, Vince Wilfork, like JJ Watt, there was a lot of JJ in that. And I really enjoyed it. I just feel like most people don't, they turned it into a reality show with these like rookies. Like they should follow some of them. I agree. But the reason you pick these big name teams is because they have big name players. But it's because not everybody is made like that. JJ is that guy. So yes, you could follow premium content, but not everybody is like that. Honestly, now thinking about it, I've convinced myself. I'm pretty excited. I like the Detroit pick because Same, bro, I like you don't, Detroit. you don't, you don't really know anybody. You don't, you know, Jared golf and you know, that's about it. So it's like, Ooh, I'm getting these introduced to these characters that I, I think Donovan still plays there. Like you, you, you who <laughs> the Dominican Sue, bro. I think he still <laughs> plays there. <laughs> well, it, I don't think, I mean, he's no, I'm playing. I'm playing. Dude. Yeah. But, you know, you just, you know, you get Dan Campbell. I'm pretty sure he'll be, he'll be exciting to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it'll be good. Starts we'll next see, Tuesday. We'll so we'll watch it. You know, the LA one is just kind of, of course, it turned around. 
show at LA, dude. Yeah, we out here in the pool. My yeah. legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, I was watching Colin Coward last week. Very rare, by the way. Just like saw a tweet about it that Jimbo went on Colin Coward. I don't know if you saw this. Did you mm, see this? No. Jimbo went on there. And Colin, obviously, this huge California guy, which is why I don't watch him. And he he acknowledged it, which I was proud of him for that. Like he came down to, you know, our level, you know, earth and announced that, you know, he is, you know, showboater for California. And he was talking to Jimbo and he asked Jimbo, he's like, you know, pitch me on coming to Texas. Like, I'm a five star recruit. You know, I I don't want to come down because it's hot. And, you know, pitch me to go to A&M. And Jimbo just like. Boom, 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 boom. Like eight things in a row. You got to look it up because I'm not going to do it justice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm immediately going to look. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely not going to do it justice. But you have to look it up. It was last week, end of July. Jimbo on Colin Coward. He pitches him, dude. And I'm sitting there and I'm getting goosebumps. I'm like, Jimbo, I'm ready, bro. I'm ready. Call me, Jimbo. What did Colin say? What did Colin say? No, he was pretty pretty big on it. Like after he hopped off, because he said something about the alumni base, right? Mm-hmm. And he really kind of harped on the alumni base and was like, look, when you go out and yada, yada, you have the space and the support and yada, yada, and really kind of hit the crux of it. And Colin, after Jimbo left, was like, man, you know, that alumni, you know, I never really like thought about that. And he was like, well, I think USC has a pretty good alumni base. And they really, and he just got back to California. But he yeah. he did give Jimbo his props. And he was, you know, I, I think legitimately, not like TV wise, I think he was legitimately like pretty hyped up. Impressed. impressed yeah, and whatnot, pretty yeah. impressed. So I'm excited for that. I hope, I mean, I always hope that the major networks cover our school more, but they never do. But I hope Jimbo, you know, puts us on the map, puts us on the map. Of course. Let's go. Do. I'm going to the Miami game. Shout out September, bro. You want to go? Let's go to Miami. I'll be in Tennessee. not to Miami, but call station to play Miami. I'll be in Tennessee, bro. Come on. Fly down. Come on now. After I just get up there. <laughs> bro, come on. Come on. Boys are going. Let's go. <laughs> uh, oh, I would man. be a uh, a non-basketball fan if I didn't mention that the great Bill Russell died. Uh, passed away, I should say. R.I.P. Respectfully. Um, and yeah, R.I.P. I uh, passed away peacefully uh, this morning, Monday morning. You know, I'm not... I'm really going to keep it short because there's just a lot of people who are more skilled and more knowledgeable than me that put more justice to his name, but nobody is ever going to touch him. He's the ultimate champion, bro. Ultimate, ultimate champion. Nobody's ever going to see that level of dynasty ever again. If people should keep him in, you know, the top players uh, of all time for basketball. If I understand, you know, the era and everything, but the way he won and how much he won, Nobody is ever going to touch that record. So, uh, R.I.P. Bill Russell. Um, but yeah, if you if you want more information about that, just go to somebody who knows a little bit more about him. I don't want to I don't want to do any injustice to him. So, but two fans, you know where to find us at Slice Devils Pod on Twitter at Slice Devils Podcast on Instagram, also on TikTok, YouTube Slice Devils Podcast at David Canoli and or sorry at Cowboy Canella and at Alex Declare. And we will see you next time.